0: I kind of said that loud. Yeah, yeah, the Paul Rudd thing hit and I was like, whoa,
1: hey, look at that. And welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that wonders who's going to run out of the med packs first when the zombie apocalypse begins. My name is Drew. I'll be the host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Um, Peter, this has been an absolute crazy, crazy week for me because I have some 4th of July nonsense going on in my life. And I've been on phone calls and emails and all kinds of nonsense, so my watching category is at a minimum right now. Right. But um, what have (laughs) you got going on? I'm actually really similar, not necessarily
0: because of 4th of July stuff, but just... I've been really busy this like lately, so I haven't really watched much at all. Um, I can say yesterday I was at a uh, family function uh, with my wife, and uh, we actually were watching uh, Bumblebee over there. So uh, that was the second time I've seen that movie, and I still enjoy it a lot. And uh, my biggest thoughts while while watching that was, it's crazy that. It's crazy it took that long to get good Transformers designs in those movies. (laughs) So, like. Are you talking about. What do you mean? Well, so, like, in Bumblebee, the way the robots actually look is much more simplified, much more uh, influenced by, like, the 80s uh, animated series of toys. And uh, in general, it's just much easier to understand what's going on on the screen. Um, When you go back to the very first Transformers movies, there's scenes in that movie where I have no idea what's going on. I just know there's you know, a ton of metal pieces doing something on the screen. I but... thought the
1: first two Transformers movies I was okay with in terms of what I'm actually seeing on screen and who's a good guy, who's a bad guy... When we yeah. got to the third one going forward, I'm like, it's just metal. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. looks cool, but I don't even know anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I totally
0: hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's about it. I haven't really watched any. Have you watched anything at all? Or you No, I've,
1: a- I've been cruising. And al- my f- In the time that I've been able to, I've been cruising along with Scandal still because okay. I said I was watching that. Um, it's really interesting how the show is for me because I really like some stuff. Oh, how about this? It's like 90% of the show I really, really like. And there's yeah. this other 10% where there's some things that bother me or there's a writing decision that gets made. And I'm like, I am not, I don't consider myself the greatest writer in the world, but I think I'm decent. <laughs> and this thing that's bothering me right now I think is lazy writing. You know what I okay. mean? There's little things like that that are like, hitting me. And part of the show is kind of procedural. And I'm not a big fan of procedurals. But there's a lot of politics stuff that happens in the show, kind of like, as a season whole, so like season two, from the beginning to the end of season two, there's an overarching story, Yeah. aside from all the procedural stuff that fills in some gaps, but the overarching story has a big political thing going on, and the politics stuff is what's kind of keeping me... Okay. Watching yeah. the show, um, I'm curious to see where it goes. I'll probably, I'm invested enough, so I'm probably going to finish it out. But yeah, you know, that's really like what <laughs> I've been looking at. So. It's weird. I feel like uh, I did. I am current on Big Little Lies, though. I oh, did cool. get caught up on yeah. that, so I'm ready for Sunday's episode. Yeah, I feel like
0: uh, this new season, not a lot has happened. So I hope it's all building towards like something crazy is going to go. No, on, but... not
1: a lot has happened. But what I think is interesting is. There's story threads that they've created that I'm really anxious to see how they play out. Yeah, really anxious to see. And um, they, and when I look at it, like when I look at like Meryl Streep being added as a cast member, first off, Meryl Streep's always good and everything she does, but there is something really chilling about Meryl Streep's character, and I don't know if it's a writing thing or if it's Meryl Streep as an actor putting this into the character she's given. Yeah, you know, th- there's a there's a three part system to a character's performance: the actor themselves, the writing of the character, and the director's direction. Somewhere along the line, Meryl Streep is taking this direction. It could be all her, and we can say Meryl Streep's amazing, or it could be a combination <laughs> of the three. But there's something really chilling about her character that has me really like, kind of on edge every time she's on screen. Yeah. So I'm really en- I'm enjoying where they're <laughs> going because they're beyond the book. Yeah, okay, I actually didn't realize,
0: like, I know it's based on a book, but I not Well, the first the season, ends,
1: but... the first season is the book. Okay. So they're on uncharted territory, and it's basically the creator of the show working with the author to create in these new stories. Okay. So it, they're beyond anything the book was, there's no other books, it's just I, them the, going off. The one off. thing
0: I do appreciate about this new season is it shows, like this isn't a a spoiler, but in the first season, there is a tragedy that happens. That's something revealed in the very first episode, but you have to watch the season to see how it plays out. But I like that, uh, there's like a tragic event and, uh, the way the first season could have ended could have been like, everybody went off and lived happily ever after. But I do really appreciate that this second season is showing that there is consequences for like this bad thing that happened and it could be, I don't know, like, I, I feel like most movies, by the end of the first season, they would be like, okay, and then everybody lived happily ever after, and the second season's like, nope, there's actually consequences, this is something that affected every character in, like, really interesting or, you know, horrible ways, and we're just kind of watching that play out, so. Sure,
1: absolutely. Alright, well, we gotta, I like to think it's light news, but I think it's more of a, um, uh... The, the news stories hit, there's not a lot to say about them. <laughs> right. So we'll hit these real quick, and then we'll talk our list. Okay. Um, so first off, I, I thought this was an interesting one. Toys R Us shut down. Uh, that happened a while ago. Right? happened a while ago. Apparently Toys R Us is coming back for the holiday season. I mean, yeah. Why not? I don't know if it's select cities or if there's going to be like if it's like a big rollout or if Toys R Us is. You know how the Halloween store opens up. That's just what for I was going to mention. Yeah. I wonder if Toys R Us will go that way for the holiday season, which is kind of cool, but kind of not because. Yeah. Look, we all like wandering through Toys R Us. Everybody does. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Everyone wants to wander through Toys R Us at some point and get oh, yeah. something cool like back, like back, to take it back to the days yeah. so of being a Toys R Us kid, right? Yeah. and I, I'm all for it because those Halloween store workers need somewhere
0: to work after that store closes, so yeah, I right. can go work at Toys R Us for Christmas right. and then go work at Crazy Kaplan's in time for 4th of July, I guess, yeah, yeah. something. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we got a couple cast things, and this is Goofy. So we'll start with Ghostbusters because that's a fun one. Right. Uh, We know there's a Ghostbusters, uh, a legitimate Ghostbusters three coming out uh, that Dan Aykroyd's working on Mm -hmm. and uh, Ivan um, Ivan Reitman's doing. Uh, Paul Rudd has officially been cast in the movie. He's apparently going to play a teacher. Okay. I don't know if he's going to be a teacher that becomes a Ghostbuster or what, but Paul Rudd is a big enough name that'll probably be a main character, and Paul Rudd is a big enough comedic actor that he's probably going to have a heavy role. I, don't, I doubt it's a cameo. Yeah, I would imagine. I really to, doubt yeah. it's a cameo. So that's just especially
0: when he's the first cast member announced. Um, but yeah, one of my friends actually told me this earlier today, and uh, my reaction was like, "Yeah, I mean, he's in everything, so."
1: <laughs> but... oh, I just, I just thought it was awesome. Yeah, you know, no. when you think about. How about this, when you think about the original cast, and then you think, what are we going to do for the new cast of whatever this is for this new Ghostbusters movie, Paul Rudd is like almost an obvious choice. Yeah. So it was almost, when I saw the news, it was kind of like, yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Plus, like, uh, like who doesn't like Paul Rudd, I guess. So, I mean, <laughs> right. it's, uh, so far, so good. We'll yeah, see yeah. where this goes. Um,
1: Tom Hardy is still Venom. Okay. <laughs> Venom, Venom, 2, Venom 2 has been greenlit, and Tom Hardy's and it can, coming back, so it's not like we're getting a reboot or anything like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: that's good. I mean, uh, to me, Venom, like, I thought Venom was awesome, but it seems to be divisive in the way that some people think it's a great movie, some people think it's bad. It doesn't seem to be a movie that you fall in between on, like, it's either you love it or you hate it, but uh, it's good to see that Tom Hardy liked enough that he's coming back, so... Nice. Yeah, that's my yeah, thoughts yeah. on
1: it. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk some DC casting here real quick. Okay. Um, so Batgirl, there's a Batgirl movie coming. Apparently Daisy Ridley is top of the list for to play Batgirl. Cool. With Warner Brothers. I don't know if she's already in talks, but, but rumor has it that she is in... On the top of the list, on the short list for people that they want to consider talking to for the role girl, How do you okay. feel about that? Do you have any, like, do you have any thoughts on that one at all? Um, like, I mean, she's not a redhead, but... Uh, hair color can be changed. <laughs> we all, we all but know I mean, that. I feel
0: like it's not a bad choice. I mean, it's like, she's obviously... Um, well, I mean,
1: Supergirl is blonde, all the time. <laughs> yeah. And Melissa Benoist, when they started the show, she was not necessarily the blonde. It's like a strawberry blonde, I right. guess. Right. She but... wasn't like blonde blonde. Yeah. It was kind of more of a, and I I hadn't, it just, I was like, yeah, no worries. She looks, she's super, yeah. you know, you didn't question it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, I think it's a pretty good choice. She's obviously um, in good physical shape. She seems to probably have like, or she, I'm sure she's gotten like some combat training on the Star Wars movies. So, and I think from everything I've seen I consider her a good actor. Well, so I, I like her as an actress, yeah. so
1: I was I was down. I was like, Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. In my head, I always think about Batgirl I always think about how Barbara Gordon eventually has to leave the role of Batgirl and become Oracle. I always think that way. Right. And I know that's an old comic book way of thinking because they've changed things in the comic books where she's just Batgirl, which is yeah. fine, but I always think eventually the character should become Oracle because I loved Barbara Gordon's character when she was Oracle. Um I liked her when she was Batgirl, sure, but I liked her a lot when she was Oracle, and I always think yeah. to my I always try and think about that. In terms of casting decisions, but I like Daisy Ridley a lot. Like we all fell in love with her when Episode Seven came out, and you know, let's see what else is what else she can do. Yeah, you know?
0: I mean, what when I think back on the uh, the old Birds of Prey show on the CW or WB or whatever it was called back when it was on. Yeah, whatever, um, whatever it was on. But on that show, like the. The woman who played Oracle on that show kind of looks like she could be a grown-up Daisy Ridley. So, I mean, I don't know. Oh, or I like see. an yeah, older yeah. Daisy Ridley. So, who knows?
1: Yeah, maybe. All right. Yeah. Um, well, in the Batman front, Robert Pattinson has officially dropped out of being Batman. <laughs> so now, I did not know about this. So actually. now we officially... It's, it was very quiet. Okay. Like, I had to, like, kind of search a little bit, but apparently Robert Pattinson is officially out, and according to sources, he is out because of a scheduling conflict, which I think is a really weird excuse. Yeah. And I only say it's a weird excuse because if you're not going to, like, the way comic book movies are today, you make yourself available to do a role like that. You cancel everything because... It the, okay, look, regardless of what the movie makes at the box office, that movie is going to be your paycheck that's going to carry you to the other projects you want to do. Yeah, they, talk, they made a they talk about it in the, in the television show entourage a chunk where you do your independent movie to get your name out there. Then you do the big superhero blockbuster movie to get a paycheck. Then you go do another movie you want to do. Then you go do a big blockbuster to get a paycheck. Then you go do what you want to do. Like, you you have to toggle it. So what could have made Robert Pattinson pull out of Batman? I don't know. If I had to guess anything, the internet scared him away. You think so, though? Oh, I, I honestly think that I feel like with that actor, and no offense to Robert Pattinson, I really feel like he's the one guy, because of his history with, like, the Twilight films and how... Received slash not received they were, and then the way everyone jumped down his throat on the internet, the way the internet reacted, I just really am concerned that they the internet scared him away. But that's like, that's so disappointing. Because to me, and, I, I... And I hope I'm wrong. I just am... I'm worried that well, that's the real reason, that we'll never get the truth on. To me, like... Since he did do Twilight, you'd think he'd be used to people
0: like calling him a tool and stuff like from day one, and you think this is just would just be
1: old hat for him. And I don't know, that's so crazy. But honestly, I, I worry that it's it's this role. For some reason, it's like the Batman role is the role everyone wants, but it's the role that the internet is terrified to let anyone touch. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I honestly had kind of came to terms with. Uh,
0: Robert Pattinson playing Batman. Like, I kind of was I completely came to, to terms it. to it. I um, was like,
1: let's see what this is.
0: Yeah, and it seemed like it would probably be a new take, but I thought he was going to do a good job. So, I don't know. I'm just kind of disappointed a well, little bit. Unless
1: the, unless the reports I saw were false, everything I was trying to find, it sounds like he's officially out. So, now we're back to square one. So, I'm fully convinced at this point we're never going to get to see this Matt Reeves <laughs> movie. Yeah. Um. And Warner Brothers needs to make a decision. So, we'll see what happens. Everything with Warner Brothers lately has been so...
0: Uh, um, like, they say one thing, and then it falls through. And then they say something else, and then it falls through. I know. And it's, like, it's really tedious as, like, a DC Comics fan wanting to, like, see some of these things they're saying actually I come know, to fr- and, fruition. And, and they
1: um, they just signed a new... Warner Brothers just signed a new uh, CEO as well. Yeah. So um, maybe that'll help. I don't know. What I do know, and I was talking to uh, Bryn about this a couple days ago, is... Because um, we were talking about the fact that Avengers Endgame is re-releasing in theaters yeah. with the new footage. And I'm, there's no way I'm going to get a chance. Like, my schedule's too crammed. I, there's no way I'm going to get a chance to go see it with this new footage. Mm-hmm. But what we were laughing about in our conversation was Avengers Endgame has eight extra minutes, and they're doing a full re-release in theaters... And the Snyder cut for Justice League exists, which is technically an entirely different movie, and we can't get Warner Brothers to put that back in the theaters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I've seen some uh, tweets out there on Twitter on on Twitter too, like similar thoughts. You know, right. like the whole uh and look, we all know the only reason Avengers is getting this re release is so they could come out on top and beat Avatar as the number one movie worldwide. Yeah. In all seriousness, that's the reason. It is but, it
0: is still so weird that it's just Disney owns both Avatar and Endgame at this point, so it's Disney versus Disney and I don't know. <laughs> it's kinda right. it's just weird and <laughs> it is weird. Yeah. Um but it, it, it makes me less passionate about the whole you know box bathroom. office dollars yeah exactly yeah. when i know it's like you know one corporation versus itself but right i know when, when
1: they're when they had to move frozen because they didn't want frozen to compete with star wars but at the end <laughs> of the day it's disney against disney yeah so um no i hear you i just i just think it's weird that robert pattinson pulled out and that kind of thing and yeah, and on top of it, give us a Snyder cut because Avengers is getting So do you rid have me, a so. do you have anybody on your short list you'd want to see take Batman's place? Again, or... again, my short list is the same. My short list is either if you're gonna go younger, you go Army Hammer. Okay. And if you want to go older, you go John Ham. Those are my two picks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those are my two picks for Batman, and I'm sticking with it. But if you want to go younger, Army Hammer's your guy and army hammer there was a funny interview where he went on fallon to promote something he was doing and fallon asked him about it and he said i think it's awesome and i would love to do it but no one has talked to me even though all the reports were saying that he was in talks. (laughs) he's like no one's called me so um but yeah yeah that's those would be mine what about you Oh, I don't even... I have no idea. You have no idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just throwing the question out there. Um, but.
1: Interestingly, though, is um, Arrow is coming to an end uh, next year, or, like, in the fall, okay. a, the final episodes of Arrow, and Stephen Amell has said many times that he would love Batman to make an appearance on the show uh, because he thinks it'd be really cool to have Batman and Arrow square off because, in a technical sense, Arrow... Batman was selling really well, and Disney... Disney DC was, like... We want to have another character like Batman, who doesn't have superpowers, so they, so if you look at the mythos of what Green Arrow is, he's technically a Batman ripoff yeah. to create another Batman-esque character, so and Stephen Amell knows that, so he thinks it'd be really cool to have a Batman cameo somewhere in these final episodes. Tom Welling came out and said he'd be interested in playing Batman. Tom Welling is, from Smallville yeah. came out and said he'd be interested in doing it on the final episodes of yeah. Arrow if they did it, and I'm like, hmm, why don't we get this taken care of, shall we? <laughs> you know, see, I don't know if
0: like that kind of irks me though too, because like, why can't he? Why didn't he want to wear the Superman suit back in the day? So you know
1: what I mean, the Tom Welling not wearing as a, as we go off on this major tangent, <laughs> Tom Welling not wearing the Superman suit in Smallville was a contractual thing from DC at the time.
0: I've... Yeah, um, I mean, I've heard, like, rumors out there that it was Tom Welling who, like, really oh, stuck with that idea throughout. that it was that Tom Welling? Oh, and okay. so, like... I think what you heard, said is... I heard it all was DC. And man. I think I think that's, like, the official story, so yours is probably more accurate. I've just seen, like, a lot of speculation about, like, yeah. Tom Welling was the one who didn't want to wear the suit for sure. So, sure. I mean, I don't know. Um, I always thought it'd be cool if Tom Welling came back and played, like, Bizarro or something in Supergirl
1: or, like, just something crazy like that could be, yeah. like, a really cool role Well, we Well, we have a Crisis on Infinite Earths thing coming up, so there's a chance we could see a Tom Welling Superman. Yeah. You're more
0: crazy. With the uh, CW
1: Aerovers, has Tom Welling cameoed at all? No, okay. but here's what we do here's what's interesting is, and this is kind of spoiler territory if you haven't gotten to the cross the Else Worlds crossover. Yeah, but in the Else Worlds crossover, there what from last year's seasons, there was a shot of like it was a pan across the ground with all these dead heroes. One of the dead heroes on the ground was the Green Arrow from Smallville. Yeah, I heard about so that. So it made small and they've made they've made reference to Smallville in the past on Supergirl anyway. So the fact that they kind of solidified and made that very coherent like canon, it makes me wonder because the the dad of the Flash on Flash is the actor who played Flash from the 90s television series. Mm-hmm. The mom who who is Supergirl's mother and Supergirl is the actress who played Supergirl from the original Supergirl yeah. series. So my thinking is, is if they're going to do Crisis on Infinite Earths, I just have a feeling that the CW is going to be really smart and tap into every old television oh, property so. they have yeah. and have cameos from everybody. Michael Rosenbaum's <laughs> coming back as Lex Luthor for a bit. Yeah. Tom Welling's going to be a second Superman in this. Like, I think it's Tom Welling I'm, could be Superman Prime in right. this storyline. Like, that's... That's awesome. Oh no,
0: I, I love that stuff. And like, like the idea of that is like wow. Like uh, the one thing I was gonna say is if they do bring him in, like we really got to get a Brandon Routh versus Tom Welling fight on screen. Like even oh, if you right? know, even if he Tom Welling is whatever character, Brandon Routh, Routh is whatever is the ad, character, well, and then you the Adam. But just right. having them fight would just right. be so badass. Well, they said that, that
1: they said that this it's gonna be a five part crossover event. For Crisis on Infinite Earths. I, I, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. We went on a big-time tangent. <laughs> it's all good. We have It's one, all DC. I know, so. right? Well, let's go from one multiverse to the other multiverse and talk the last bit of news. How do you feel about a live-action Spider-Verse movie? In the same universe as the first one? Sure. Um, there was an interview... So there's a... Con, there's this. Okay, so there's a thing that Tom... Uh, Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man for the MCU, yeah, has this problem with keeping secrets. Yeah, of course. Okay, he's yeah. he's the he's the one that they don't like give scripts to <laughs> until the day he shoots because he has a problem keeping his yeah. mouth shut. There was an interview <laughs> where they asked him if he would be interested in doing a Spider-Verse live-action film with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield reprising their roles as Spider-Man. Oh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like- <laughs> I feel like that is an internet pipe dream but the the speculation is Tom Holland's answer to the question was cryptic because of the weird look he had on his face and the squirmy body movements like he didn't know how to answer the question. So the argument is are we actually going to get a live action Spider-Verse film or not? Um I just wondered I how you felt about it because right now it's just I mean I gotta, talk. I got to see
0: this interview cuz I don't know if he just was squirmy cuz it was just such a weird question but so the idea of a live-action spider-verse movie I think I'm okay with as long as it does actually incorporate a lot of animation still and a lot mm-hmm. of um, you know experimentation like still have crazy like right. filters on the screen and stuff. Keep that same vibe alive from the first movie. The idea of bringing, like... I don't know if I like the idea of Tobey Maguire, Andrew, and Andrew Garfield, Garfield, and... Tom
1: Holland all in the same movie. Yeah,
0: because I think I think each one... I know so many people are on Team Tom Holland, and I do like him as Spider-Man, but I think each actor did have their strong points. Where, well, right. Like, well, and I'd, I don't know if I want to see them... Like, I feel like they'd be overshadowing each other too much, and it's just like in different ways and I don't know if I just feel like it'd be a weird balance I guess. I don't know what are your thoughts? I on, I agree on that bit? it would
1: be a weird balance. I think it would be such a fun idea. Yeah. And it does this part of it however bothers me because DC does this kind of stuff in their television properties and then here we go with the talk of Marvel technically mm-hmm. doing it on their movie properties. So it's like come on guys, let's let's stop ripping each other off and let's have original ideas. Yeah. Right? But um I, I, I like I really like the idea and I think it'd be awesome. My problem is if you're gonna do a live-action Spider-Verse film and include Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and have them come back and be Spider-Man, yeah. we do this big Spider-Man thing. What does that do for X-Men, Blade, Fantastic <laughs> Four? Right. Um, does this whole other Marvel like stuff like how does that fit in now because we're creating a multiverse? Yeah. You know? I mean, it you watched, could be part of the multiverse, Well, I if guess. you watch the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home, they talk about the multiverse in that. Mm-hmm. So it makes me go, what are the other surprises, and is that Disney's way of word and incorporate this? You'll never get Chris Evans to go back and play Human Torch again, but that doesn't mean you can't get Jessica Alba to come back to be Invisible Girl and do some of it. Right. You know what I mean? Figure out a um, way to do piece things together to create
0: yeah i mean i guess like just think about the whole thing i'd be more excited to see like toby Maguire come back to a spider-man movie and play like dr connor's or play like a different character like an older mentor or teacher character or something or have uh i mean i have no idea or maybe andrew garfield comes in and he's harry osborne I mean, that could be interesting. Or right. um, I was just thinking have Andrew Garfield come in and play uh, Eddie Brock, but Tom, uh, Tom Hardy is still no. playing that character. But right. we don't know if he's in the same universe. So. I'll, be, I'll be honest.
1: They have talked about how they want to do Andrew, uh, Tom Holland, Tom Hardy, Venom, Spider-Man crossover. Yeah. They've talked about that, especially for upcoming Venom films. I would rather see that than a live-action Spider-Verse film. Yeah. Honestly, at this at this point I would rather see that it's because just... I want to see Venom 2 or Spider-Man and Venom meet yeah. and then you Venom 3 is Maximum mm-hmm. Carnage and we go from there. Um I, yeah, I mean it's
0: just so weird. It's like you'd be taking one of the best animated movies ever made like that might be really hype. Uh, hyperbolic, but I mean it is. It's one. It's a great animated movie. Definitely one of the best from this past year. And you're taking it and completely changing the medium it's made in. Like let it live in its zone and be like a. Uh, how do I want to say this? Like let it be. Let it play to its own strengths. Like Spider Verse is an no. amazing animated movie. Let it be animated. Let it play to those strengths. Let it do that. Um, I'm, this is just popping in my head, and I know we're going on a lot with news, but what if Tom Holland... No, we're doing, we're doing fine on time, okay. <laughs> so if you're worried about um, the clock, we're doing totally fine what on What if, them. uh, Tom Holland... This
1: is the last bit of
0: news, so yeah. it's really just what us bantering at Tom... this point. <laughs> what if Tom Holland is making an appearance in in Into the Spider-Verse 2, and he might be appearing in live action, even though the rest of the movie's animated? Ooh, maybe that's what he's and maybe, squirming Yeah, about. exactly. Maybe it's something smaller like that, which that i'm all for oh that i'm all for yeah that i'm definitely (laughs) all
1: for that's cool (laughs) that's that sounds way better than the other thing Mm -hmm. you've heard it here first so yeah (laughs) we might have just cracked the code um well that that's basically it for news do you want to talk about the list yeah sounds good awesome so uh it's list time so ryan whenever you're ready play that thing for us for the top five. All right. It is list time. This is kind of like my, uh, this was my pick uh, this week. So um, we did, I was thinking the reason I chose this list is because it's, this is like the middle of 2019. So I was looking back going, let's, I always think to myself, if I can't think of a list idea, I'm going to pick a year to do. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I was looking at it going, I didn't want to choose a year because I couldn't think of anything. It was a, wait, every movie on this list is thirty years old. So this is like a thirtieth anniversary list technically. Yeah. So we're doing movies from 1980, 1989. So every movie on this has a thirty year anniversary. Uh I so I just thought it was kinda of cool since we're in the middle of the year basically. Definitely. Um so you gotta remember because this is a year, it's ranked. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so you got to have them in the proper order. Now, you were only six in 1989? Um, I was, no, I was three. You were three. Yeah. So most of the movies on your list are either probably watches because you were around me and Scott. When we were old, like yeah, yeah, we were Yes and up. no. I mean, a lot of them I didn't know
0: came out that, like, in 1989. Okay. A lot of them I thought came out later, but there are so many movies I grew up with. On okay, so list. you've seen a lot of these. I've seen a decent amount. I think a lot, maybe some of the more, like, Oscar-worthy or art house ones I missed just because of my... Oh, sure. Like, no, I've, I've definitely seen a lot of them, grown up with a lot of them. Um, I also thought it was a weird... 1989 was a very weird year for movies because a lot of them just feel so 90s to me but they're still tech it's like in the weird
1: in between between 80s and 90s zone well i saw 29 movies that year i was nine years old so when i look back at the list of like what came out that year i saw 29 movies of them and i probably missed a couple of the art house ones i have gone back and watched stuff um, the best picture in twenty, and sorry, in 1989 was Driving Miss Daisy. Right. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, I've, I've never seen, seen it. it. But I've seen the sweeted version. But. The sweeted version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sweeted version was a. Uh, that's a reference to a movie called uh, Please uh, Be Kind Rewind, yeah. which uh, is a fantastic film. Um, if anyone wants a really good, uh, fun, quirky Jack Black. Yeah. Uh, if movie. you want
0: a movie for people who love movies yeah this it's a
1: movie for people who love movies it's really cool um so yeah uh, driving miss daisy was the best picture i realized i have one two three four five honorable mentions but i have to narrow it down to two so i've chosen my two <laughs> but Fair i've chosen enough. my two
0: um i, I had us. i was in a similar boat where i had like five and uh I actually, I keep, I always forget that we have to rank the years, but I, I pretty much put them in the right order, but, um, yeah, for the honorable mentions, it was really hard to narrow them down, but, uh, there's a couple I have that are just, there there's things I wanted to talk about, and they are,
1: you know, my favorites for certain reasons, so. Yeah, well, how about this, um. Let's, I, it was my pick. So you get first choice. What's your... So I have two
0: honorable mentions. I'm assuming we'll just go back and forth. But yeah. my first one is Nightmare on Elm Street 5. And <laughs> I think the subtitle for that is uh, The Dream Child. So I've talked in the past. I like Nightmare on Elm Street a lot just as a franchise. Um, and especially like the older ones, the ones from the 80s. Like, I don't know what it is. Well, I think I do know what I what it is, and it's the surreal imagery and the music, especially and. Uh the kind of gore effects used those movies scare the crap out of me like I watch them oh, they right. send chills down your spine just like there's so many times when it's a character walking through a nightmare and they're going through this weird surreal landscape or building or whatever it is and the music they use it just creates such a spooky atmosphere and I love it but I hate it because it's freaky too um, this is the one where I'm talking way too much but this is the one where uh, you are not <laughs> you are totally fine Freddy is uh, haunting a uh, girl's dreams but also haunting the dreams of her unborn child and he's trying to essentially take over the baby so he can be born into the real world super creepy concept and i just think uh really what i've said is like everything i like about the movie but just that's just such a creative concept that really like gives me chills when i think about it so that's why it makes
1: it right on um well my first honorable mention is uh when harry met sally Okay, nice. You've seen this, I assume?
0: Um, I've never... I don't know if I've ever seen it all the way through. So, I've seen a lot of bits and pieces here and
1: there over the course of my life, but... When Harry Met Sally, it's just... it's It's basically a love story. It's technically a chick flick, but it's, like, one of those, like... It's not a coming-of-age like love story <laughs> but it's almost a coming of age love story okay if you think about the time that spans from like what the characters meet in college until they like become adult like it's through their lives their friendship and whatnot but it's it's such a touching like fun it's it's a really funny movie but it's a touching film at the same time it deals with serious issues and makes you laugh and cry and you know it's got the big i love you speech at the end which they made jokes of in the show scrubs <laughs> when the guy copied the speech for his, like, vows and the, you know, like. <laughs> I <laughs> so. love that. Did
0: you ever watch the, uh, this is a tangent, but did you ever watch the Teen Wolf series on MTV? No. Okay, that that series is actually way better than you would ever expect it to be. Like, it's actually a really fun show. and it Which is of, which is fun to hear because
1: yeah. I was like, wow, that's. No, it's it's actually a we're fun to watch. And Wolf, it has but... a
0: real, like kind of comic booky almost spider-man vibe in a weird way and if you watch it you'd know what I'm talking about but uh, now
1: you have me curious. Yeah, <laughs> in a way MTV did not
0: um, there's a uh, the all the characters in the show are on a lacrosse team or all like the boy characters are on a lacrosse team together and the lacrosse coach before every match, he reads to the or he recites to them the uh, president's speech from Independence Day each time, <laughs> and it's just like this hilarious little touch. So that Scrubs, uh, when Harry met Sally reference sounds awesome. So that's funny. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, well. Uh, what's your next honorable mention? Yes, my next honorable mention... By the way, I recommend When Harry Met Sally. I just <laughs> Definitely. I need to watch it through at some point. It's just one of those ones I never actually sat down and watched. Yeah. Um, my next honorable mention is All Dogs Go to Heaven. So <laughs> this is a movie I mostly picked because um, as an animator slash director, I love Don Bluth. This is one of his films. Um, I think it's his next feature after Secret of Nim, but I might be wrong. But... Uh, This one is a movie I haven't seen in so long, but the kind of like art design style and the character design is so good in it. These characters have stuck in my head since I was a little kid, especially that big alligator villain guy. Oh, like right. I haven't seen this movie in so long, and I still think about that guy <laughs> like on a regular basis because his design <laughs> is so striking, and the way he's drawn is so interesting looking, and I just love it because of if, that. If so. Don
1: Bluth didn't have a falling out with Disney, that would have been a Disney film. Yeah, yeah, so. Definitely. Yeah, but I, I do like that uh, he separated off
0: because he brought us that movie, Secret of Nim, Five Goes West, like all those films, and uh, kind of created like a cool competition for Disney. Like I like the late '80s, early '90s uh, animated feature films. Like there's a lot of gems, and they aren't all Disney, you know. But sure. there's kind of a cool little renaissance in there of those style of right. movies. So,
1: uh, well, my next honorable mention is a movie called Always. Oh, right. Seen? Yeah. Have seen, seen this? this? Yeah. I, it's, if you don't know what the movie always is, I bl- believe it was directed by Steven Spielberg. I'd have to double check no, that. No, you're right, because I saw it when we were We'd, compiling that list. Spielberg that list? Episode. Yeah. So yeah. it was directed by Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg, but it's, it's a movie about the forest firefighters, the guys who fly the planes to put out the fires, and one of them dies in a. He dies in a crash, and then but he's not dead like you don't know he's dead right away and then it turns out he's a ghost and he's basically sticking around because he's um kind of ushering his friends and his girlfriend onto moving yeah. on without him it's it's a really exciting movie all the airplane stuff and everything it's exciting it's funny it's but yeah. you care about these characters and that's that's something when I look at a movie or a television show, I always think to myself, "Why do I care about these people?" And that's one of those movies that grabs you right away in terms of I care about these people and why they're doing what they're doing, and you know, yeah. and I and and you're invested in the characters, and that's something I always look for. Yeah. And I always I'll put down a television series if I'm like I, I don't care about these people. Why am I watching it? Yeah, it's you know. um I think this movie is awesome.
0: It's like a really uh, it's a really cool story concept, but it's also like. It's a really romantic movie without it being an outright, like... Yeah, it's, Your typical romance. It, like, it's...
1: It's a love story. It's yeah. just they don't... It's not it's not till like maybe a third of the way through the movie where that yeah. becomes a thing like yeah and, and I like I like seeing
0: movies like romance movies but they have that creative twist that makes you not even realize it right away um, I still stand by district 9 as the most r- romantic movie I've ever seen in my life <laughs> and all' I mean don't at me but whatever <laughs> but uh um
1: I'm not I'm now thinking about district 9 trying to Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to like side with you. And yeah. On my head, I'm like, okay, I think I, think um, I see what he's talking
0: about. But uh, anyways, like I used, I remember growing up, my parents had a copy of this movie on uh, VHS, and I actually watched it through a bunch of times because I was really excited about the airplane scenes. Like I thought it was those so airplane cool. scenes are and, uh, awesome. There's only they a really co- are. there's only a couple of them. Right. but It's it's funny as that's what I was drawn to the movie for. But in the meantime, I was cultivating an appreciation for this good, like, character-driven yeah. story that's in it. Yeah, that's,
1: so. the airplane stuff is actually why I paid attention to that movie, too, and it just yeah. went from there. Um, okay, we're on to the actual five. Now, before we go, I'm going to make a prediction that you and I match on four of these. I really do. I'll be, I'd will be i be surprised if we don't, but... You know what? You might be right. Um, four of these I'm thinking we're going to match on. I'm expecting our orders might be very different. Our orders might be different, <laughs> but I'm expect honestly, I'm expecting... Okay. Um... um so it's your you go first because the first one's a
0: movie i really enjoy i don't know if i have a lot to say about it because we've talked about it quite a bit in the past but that's uh indiana jones and the last crusade right on um so this is an awesome indiana jones film um i know drew you've talked about how like i think you consider this the best out of the original trilogy
1: In the original trilogy, there's only like four Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> well, still, but you know what I'm trying right. to say, right? No, um, I'm on the fence about that now. Okay. Um, Last Crusade for the longest time was one of my is my absolute favorite Indiana Jones movie, and then it was probably a little while ago that I watched. Raiders of the Lost Ark because I hadn't seen it in a while and it happened to be on and I caught it right at the opening of the movie like yeah. the Paramount logo was still on the screen and I'm like yes and I, and I watched it like so intently that I started seeing things like kind of like when I watch Star Wars and I see something I had not see before I started seeing things but not in the oh that's in the background and that kind of stuff yeah. it was character stuff and writing. There was something so raw about Raiders of the Lost Ark and what they were trying to do which lent me to this, like, level of appreciation that I never noticed about Raiders. So as I've grown up as an adult, I think Raiders really is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. But it is really hard for me to, like, put Raiders... And Last Crusade above each other because it kind yeah. of flip-flops. I think they're maybe both good for different reasons. They're, they're both think, good um, for different reasons, but the story in Last Crusade is just phenomenal. It's a,
0: it's a cool story, and you actually are revealed a lot of things, like about Indiana Jones past and just kind of like the whole... How the movie closes really is kind of a really cool place for a uh, story to end. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Like I said, we've talked about this one a lot, so I don't know, like, specifics. I don't want to, like, go on and on too much, but... No,
1: and I don't want to spoil it too much either for if someone hasn't watched too many things, because yeah. we can talk about some things if you want, but what I'm saying is, like, this is such a heavy recommendation <laughs> yeah, right? that, like, I would hate to, like, go on and on and on. I mean, I know the movies 30 years old, so it's on you for not seeing it, but... It's such a good movie, but if you haven't seen the Indiana Jones movies, period, you should pause the podcast, go watch the Indiana Jones (laughs) movies, come back and finish listening to this discussion. Um, Definitely. uh, But yeah, no, that's a phenomenal choice. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So, me? Yeah. All right. uh, So, my first one is Field of Dreams. Okay. Um, If you haven't seen Field of Dreams, it's a fantastic film about a guy who... uh, He's a farmer, and he hears a voice and telling him to build a baseball field in his property, so he does, and the town thinks he's, like, completely wacko, but it's because these ghost baseball players are playing baseball on it, and the family almost loses the farm, and, you know, there's all this stuff, but it really comes down to this guy's search for his father um, because he never got to know his father, who was a professional baseball player. And Yeah. Um, but it's it's such a wonderful, wonderful film. Kevin Koshner's in it. Um, James Earl Jones is just phenomenal performance and it's nice to see James Earl Jones like I mean he's he has a massive movie career, but that's one that I always think about when I'm not thinking about him as Darth Vader. Yeah, or Mufasa. That, that's um, like when if someone would say name a James Earl Jones movie where he wasn't like Darth Vader, I'm like, oh yeah. well. I mean, I'd be the. Of, that'd uh, probably
0: be the first one I would think. Of. I always go to so. Field of Dreams or uh, Sandlot actually, because you're actually seeing his like face and his physical yeah. performance, you know. Yeah, but that's but, you uh, know, like, I. Th- oh, go ahead. No, oh yeah, no, I think Field of Dreams is a great movie. Um, it's been a while since I've watched it, but. Um, One of the things I really like about movies is when they do things that stick with you. Um, One of my favorite movies of all time is uh, the movie Zodiac, which is a David Fincher film, which... uh, after I saw that movie, um, the movie's about the Zodiac oh, Killer, Zodiac. If, you, if you're not familiar. But Zodiac's after great. I saw that movie, I was left wondering about this you know, this mysterious uh, case about the uh, Zodiac Killer. And still just thinking of who could it be? Was it one of these guys in the movies? Was it somebody else? And it stuck with me. And Field of Dreams has stuck with me in a very similar way where... Anytime I'm by a cornfield, and like this podcast is located in Illinois, so that actually happens very frequently, but if I'm standing beside a cornfield, I'm either thinking about ghosts, baseball players coming out of it, or children of the corn, and that's, like, uh, I mean, that's how this movie has stuck with me, like, I'm always, like, reminded of it's that. It's funny, if
1: you, thing thing, living, from the living, movie, you know, ne- if you're ever near, like, the country and there's a cornfield and you have to walk towards the corn for any reason, it makes yeah. you wonder if you're gonna disappear <laughs> like the ghost do, yeah. you know. I know so. some kids that might be, like, they might be
0: thinking of aliens popping out of it, like in the movie Signs, but, uh. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just
1: I always yeah. think about this movie all the time. Like, Field you know, of Dreams definitely lands. Even even if you want to take it out of context of like the other half of the story, it's probably ranked. You know, if we were like, I know we did a team sport film, but it definitely made the list of teams. Yeah, the, the short list for me. It didn't make my top five, but it made my team. Yeah. list. I think it. I don't know. Maybe I did. I also do like. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I kind of lost my train of thought. No, it's there, okay. But... Go ahead. Um it's your pick anyway so Okay
1: sweet um well actually we can
0: transition uh, Yeah
1: no I'm just I'm just looking back it did not make my top 5 for team sports movies but it was on my shortlist for sure Um we can trans transition
0: the uh Ghost Baseball Players into my fourth, fourth pick which is Ghostbusters
1: 2 Oh right So on. um then we did not match 4
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually starting to wonder um quite a bit but uh yeah Ghostbusters 2 um this is a movie that I think gets a lot of criticism for people saying it has sequelitis in general. It has what? It has sequelitis, like oh, it tries yeah. to do everything the first movie does, which I guess is true to an extent, but I also think there's like a really cool story there about, um, you know, Vigo and this like ghost or demon or spirit or whatever he is living in a painting and like how that all plays out. And uh, I mean, I'm telling you, like, as a kid watching Ghostbusters 2, it actually scared me like there's hilarious parts of this movie but this movie scared me a lot worse than uh the first movie did uh, um,
1: Ghostbusters 2 was way more terrifying than yeah. the first one and i i loved the villain was absolutely brilliant having him yeah. be the painting and stuff um and talk about like an image that'll stick with
0: you like yeah, i don't no. <laughs> i didn't mean that to be like a theme of my list but you know it's like true like Vigo, like you can just imagine him. like I don't know, he's yeah. just like so and this, creepy and so and, and you looking. know
1: the first there's a lot of comedy gold in that second one too because even though they were telling a scarier story, yeah, they still held true to the the core of what the Ghostbusters are, and at the end of the day, it's still a comedy, and there's a lot of great comedy gold in that movie. So right. I, Ghostbusters two really does stand on its own. I yeah. I do appreciate it much, very well. Um, mm-hmm. So and it was all and it was everything. All the writing was very natural. So, for example, like when you end the first film, to when you go into the second, um, the second movie, the the where the, where the actors are, it's a very natural progression. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, oh, the other thing is just like I like uh, how this movie expands on the Ghostbusters. Uh sort of like mythos or whatever you want to say like i like all the different things they do with ectoplasm and like how it reacts to music and just like oh i didn't realize like slime would actually do that and stuff and any kind of like you know when they bring new traits or abilities to like something in that universe like i always appreciate that yeah absolutely
1: um all right so that goes to me yep all right so my next pick for my number four is back to the future Two. nice yes um, we've talked at nauseam about Back to the Future, whether <laughs> right. we were trying to talk about and the Endgame time travel. Which uh, the more I think about it, the more my brain hurts. Um, <laughs> but Back to the Future, the first film, laid everything out so perfectly in terms of ta- and and they they did a really they tried to do time travel so neatly that you can't poke holes in time travel. Like this, these are the rules of time travel. Period. Like they did yeah. it so well. Back to the Future 2 yes they do go forward to 2015 in that movie and at the time of this podcast we have lived beyond 2015 and it's I think it's really funny how yes they did some stuff with flying cars so we don't have flying cars yet (laughs) but there were some funny things that they did that like were real close to like getting correct like the Cubs winning the World Series their prediction was off by one year Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like that's that's just crazy. Um, but Back to the Future too it's just a really—it's—it's it's such a cool look back. It's kind of like you watch the first movie, and because of the time travel, you get to look back into the past. But then when you get to the second movie, and you have to—and you do have to look back into the past—it's almost like looking back into the past of the past. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was the way it was all rolled together. Um, it's such a solid film. Um, And we've said before, if you haven't watched Back to the Future, you need to. It's so good. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I mean, this movie is uh, so good and
0: it's so intricate. Like all those movies are so intricately woven together. And uh, I kind of think Back to the Future is kind of like in the middle of like kind of all the intricate story threads that are woven between the first and the third movie where if you don't watch the first one before watching the second one, you might get lost. Cause they really go hard into like a lot of the well, little details and so, stuff.
1: And-, and I don't know if I've said this in past episodes, but, uh, back to the future as the trilogy was written as a mm-hmm. trilogy together. It yeah. was like all three films were written together. They didn't, they made the first movie with hopes that it did well enough to make the other two yeah and because of back of the future 2 you can see how well connected those scripts were
0: mm-hmm. and i so. think it's uh well just like other things is just really fast moving movie there's a lot that happens and also like you were talking about the stuff in the future i mean growing up watching this movie like it all really captured my imagination like the uh hoverboards and like the uh even like the that like, uh, CG like Jaws like billboard oh, thing that like swallowed. Yeah, it but that was still and, like, cool. Oh, I mean that was like so awesome. Why don't we have just, that in <laughs> theaters anyway? <laughs> all that future like, stuff just really captured. Why my am I not walking into
1: the theater with a giant Infinity Gauntlet coming out oh, yeah. of the like you know like? Or what? can you
0: imagine the Meg like seeing the Meg? <laughs> oh my God, that'd like be
1: that'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, moving on. Um, year number three. Okay, my number three is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Wow, we didn't match nearly as many <laughs> of Alright.
0: I do like all the movies you're naming, though, a lot. Um, Excellent this is a Adventure? Movie... That was yes. the first one? Yeah. Um, this is a movie that I've talked about this in the past, too. I don't remember what list it was on, but this is a Probably movie Probably when that... we did our
1: time travel movies. Yeah.
0: There's something about the <laughs> 90s and these kind of like metalhead duo guys that, like, I don't know why that was so popular. They've <laughs> got, like, Bill and Ted, Wayne and Garth, Beavis and Butthead, Jay and Silent Bob, like, and as a kid, I just loved, like, those sort of duo (laughs) characters so much, so obviously I loved this movie when I first saw it, but this is a movie that, one, like, we've talked about before, oh, I know what it was, the time travel list is when we talked about this, but this is a movie that has rules to its time travel, and the time travel is actually very well thought out and consistent throughout the movie but it's also a movie that um i realized it in fifth grade when one of my teachers actually gave a shout out to this movie in class and i was like oh actually yeah this movie teaches you about history and stuff and it's so it's it's both a dumb funny like teen comedy i guess but it's also like kind of educational in a way and uh it's just something that like a lot of these other movies like i grew up with and it stuck with me throughout my years so
1: right on um, so that comes back to me. I yeah. love. I really like that movie too. Mm-hmm. You just kind of laid everything yeah. out, so I didn't have much um, to add.
0: I mean, the last thing I can say is I'm looking forward to the third one, and uh, oh, I we'll can't. See where I can't wait go, for the so. third
1: one. I'm. I'm really excited for it. Um, all right. So my number three is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Awesome. Um, oh man. Okay. So this almost made my list, <laughs> okay. and I, I replaced
0: it with Ghostbusters two like oh. last minute, but when I came down to it, like. Man, both were like so close, but I think Ghostbusters 2 just probably influenced me a little bit more in my life than Honey I Shrunk the Kids, but it's such a close call.
1: Here's the thing about Honey I Shrunk the Kids for me. Like, this is a live action Disney film. It at the end of the day, it's a Disney movie. It's very uh it's very Disney, quote unquote. Yeah. If if and I feel like everyone listening to this podcast knows what I mean when I say Disney, quote unquote. The thing about this movie is that I was fascinated with the idea of being shrunk and getting to live in that kind of, like, world. That just seemed so cool. But then take that aside, the movie itself is so funny. There's amazing, like, one-liners and, like, things that I still remember to this day. I quote (laughs) that movie all the time in general conversation, and I don't think most people know when I, like, they don't pick it up. Like, I just use the lines because they're hysterical. Like, they're so funny. Like, when... (laughs) Like when the kid, so the girl, like, almost drowns after the sprinkler goes off, and she almost drowns in the puddle, and the guy has to give her uh, CPR, and the little smart kid goes, where did you learn mouth-to-mouth resuscitation? He says, French class. God, that line is so funny, and especially when they call back to it at the end of the movie, he's like, oh, French class, I get it. That line is hysterical. And then... um, there's the scene where the kid is making the 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 sport kid the kid who's all into sports makes fun of the nerdy kid about playing baseball and the nerdy kid's like baseball's for mortals yeah that's a joke I like. I throw out all the time (laughs) not that I necessarily agree with it but it's a funny line it's such there's so great comedy gold in that movie yeah um i agree with all
0: that like i think uh it's a movie that i think a lot of people saw at some point in their life and they just thought like oh this is movies fun it's about shrinking but then they don't realize how many like great character moments and like how good some of the dialogue actually is in the film um so yeah i think that's like an awesome pick um I mean, this is you another almost see you almost seem bothered by the fact that I chose it and you didn't. <laughs> no, I was just like thinking like we we came so close to matching on it, but this is another one I grew up with and it just really captured my imagination sure. as a kid and All I right. love it. So yeah,
1: no, it's just I like it's such a cool adventure film. Too. When
0: I was thinking about this movie too, like I was thinking about the sequels, like Honey, I blew up the kid. I I like Honey, liked I, Honey, I blew up the kid.
1: ourselves. Um, um, I didn't. I wasn't a fan of the third one, Honey. We shrunk ourselves, <laughs> but Honey, I blew up the kid. I really enjoyed for some reason i think they're fun the movies are fun in general
0: but i think it's funny that uh the same thing keeps happening to the same family essentially yeah but then i started thinking like well i mean if you're always have like shrinking or enlarging equipment i mean maybe that stuff would happen to your family what i'm
1: I'm curious about uh, now is because they tried to do a television series a long time ago that kind of failed but they're looking to reboot it for the disney plus app Interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with the shrunk the kids franchise. I guess yeah. you could say the only part. It's of all the, franchises
0: now. The only part of the TV series I saw is for some reason, I think it was like the whole family had to shrink themselves and go into this little like spaceship thing that the dad built um, because he had to go inside one of the other family members or one of his friends or something he had to go inside his body to like (laughs) you know cure some kind of sickness Yeah, your typical magical school body uh, adventures um and there's a part where they're like it was almost as if they were flying through an asteroid field but they were flying through uh kidney stones (laughs) and they had to like shoot different kidney stones and it was really funny i remember as a kid i thought it was really gross but every time they do a bit like
1: that I always think to myself, how painful is that to the person in the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know? It just depends. Yeah, that goes through my brain all the time. Um, all right, what is your number two? My number two pick is
0: actually Back to the Future two. Oh, so, right on. This movie's great. It's I can't
1: say a bad thing, it just really stuck with me all these years and yeah. Awesome. And then, Um, Yeah, since we just blew up Back to the Future 2, do you want me just to jump to mind? Yeah. yeah. Which we're going to blow through nice and quickly is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I cannot say enough good stuff about this movie. Everyone should go watch the Indiana Jones films. They're amazing. Um, So, yeah, Last Crusade. You chose wisely. Yeah. And I have a feeling, because we haven't talked about it yet, is we're matching on our number one picks for the night. I, I think so, too. Which is... Which is really great because it sets up something for a future podcast. So what is your number one podcast? My
0: number my number one podcast. Your number one <laughs> pick for the night. For the yeah, my Your number um, one podcast better be <laughs> this one. My number <laughs> one yeah, for sure. Uh, my number one movie from nineteen eighty nine is Batman.
1: And you know what? We matched for our number awesome. one pick, so I never um, would have guessed. Um this movie is fantastic. We don't I'm mean, how about this? Um let's I was gonna. I didn't know if I was gonna say something about this, but we'll we'll talk a little bit about it now, um, while we blow up Batman a little bit. We don't get Avengers Endgame if Batman '89 did not exist. We really don't. Michael Keaton was brilliant. Jack Nicholson was brilliant. Tim Burton's directorial vision. Anton First's art direction. Absolutely amazing. Few quick thoughts, and then I'll tell them the surprise. Go ahead. What do you
0: got? Oh, I mean. I think like you have such a good point. Like we don't get to Endgame without this movie. But uh, you also mentioned like Tim Burton's directing and uh, Anton Furst's uh, art direction. That's the right name, right? Yeah. Okay. He did the um, he
1: did the art direction yeah. for like the visual appearance of what Gotham City looks like. He did the direction for what the Batmobile. He designed right. the Batmobile. He like Anton Furst is basically like when you go who made it look like this? He's the guy yeah. you look to. Kind of like Ralph McQuarrie did all the art direction for Star Wars. Anton Furst the art direction for.
0: Batman right um and I think that's like thinking about both those aspects and like kind of the visual appearance of this movie and well even like if you bring Danny Elfman's score in it and stuff there's so many I don't want to go super into it but there's like this movie takes a lot of chances I think it takes a lot of risks I think artistically it is in a
1: world when Hollywood was not taking risks
0: yes and I think the superhero movies we have now we couldn't have gotten to without this movie, but I also think this movie stands out better than a lot
1: of them because of how Way unique of the a take lot. it right. has. Right, and it and not only does it stand out, it holds up. Yeah, like even through all the silliness, because all comic book movies at some point there's something <laughs> silly. Right, and I've said it in the past: if you take the silliness seriously. Everyone else will take it seriously. So if there was anything goofy, they just took it seriously and did it as is, and that's why it stands out. That's why Aquaman stands out. That's why the Avengers, even the first Avengers, that's why it stands out. They took it seriously. And this was a... And at the time that Batman 89 came out, they didn't have... The only thing we had reference to for Batman, aside from the comic books, was the Adam West show. Mm -hmm. And no one had done Batman Dark before. Yeah. Aside from the comic books. In the, in the television movie medium, no one had done Batman Dark before, and this was the first look at what it was supposed to be. Yeah. And, you know.
0: Um, yeah, and just like, I don't know, this this one's a weird one because there's never going to be a list of 1989 movies where this isn't on my top five. Like, this was, would, if we did this list a year ago, this would have been on my top five. But the thing is, I did a recent rewatching of this movie, and uh, it's weird when you watch a movie from your childhood that you kind of made up your mind about certain aspects of it as a kid and certain things about the movie were cemented into your head in certain ways but then when you become older and maybe you haven't watched it for a while and you watch the movie and you notice new things and this last rewatching I did I noticed so much of the art and uh, the creativity and a lot of the love that was put in this movie and it really I think brought it higher where this movie is like for sure my number one movie from this year as opposed to just within my top five if that makes sense yeah no
1: absolutely um this um so we can peter and i know that we could be talking about batman for the next (laughs) couple hours if we're not careful yeah and here's the surprise we're giving everybody first off there are two parts to the surprise one next week we're taking off (laughs) okay it's it's fourth of july weekend for us so like we're taking a week off for the holiday and we're gonna enjoy and do some vacation uh busy nonsense and it'll be fun so we're taking the week off but we don't want to leave our listeners behind so if you are going oh man i was hoping for a podcast for my drive to like the family party or whatever the case may be um we are doing a special episode next week specifically for you guys and the whole episode is on batman 89 uh, we're going to talk about the film. We're going to dissect it, and we're actually going to discuss our top five favorite moments from the movie. Um, so we actually recorded that at an earlier date, and the whole thing is Batman. So, our our I think it's really cool that our number one picks for this list is bo- we yeah, both yeah, we both awesome. chose Batman because yeah. next week all we're going to talk yeah. about is Batman. Um, so. With that said, uh, we hope you guys enjoy the break. Uh, We hope you guys enjoy your holiday. We're going to do the same, but we have an episode in the can ready to go for you. Oh, yeah. Peter, because we're taking next week off, we're not going to get to another pick for two weeks. Yes. So that means I get extra time to think about my top (laughs) five. Yeah, definitely. What are we doing next week? Okay. It's going to be your pick. So
0: this one I think is really funny, and this is not a joke at all. I thought of this list before... <laughs> I, that, that terrifies me a little <laughs> no, bit, no. but go ahead. I thought of this list actually before I knew we were doing 1989, but we've been talking about things ending so much, and I thought, let's I realize go. that. We have a yeah, lot of endings. stuff. It's the year but... of endings, and I thought, why not let's go to the end of the last millennium and do our top five favorite movies from 1999. That being said, it, these movies so will all be 20, 20 years, years old. And I, I swear, I thought of this list before you even said 89. And You I'm know like, what? You know what? I'm going to keep it. We're still going to do this.
1: So, <laughs> let, yeah, let's just do it. 19, <laughs> ni- 1999? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's... Wow. All right. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> I already had some movies that are already floating in my head, right. that's really funny.
0: It's actually a bit like there's some great movies in there, and there's some fun. Like, I did the quick Google search, and there's some fun ones in there, too. So it'll be interesting to see how it
1: goes. But um, Yeah, and that's ranked. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So um, I'm going to mark this down as 20th anniversary, too. Um, so, all right. So we're taking next week off. Um, so, in two weeks, so next week you're getting a, a very Batman 89 special 30th anniversary episode uh, while we take a week off, and then we'll come back with movies from our top five movies from 1999, and then we'll be carried off into see where the year takes us. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> into the unknown. Into the unknown, right? Yeah. Um, so, for that, we'll close this episode out. We're another episode in the can, so. Um, awesome. Uh, please check us out at our website, topfivereport.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook. You will also find the link to our email, top at gmail.com. If you want to interact with the show, hit us up there. Hit us up on our social media. That'd be cool, too. Um, you also find us on Apple Podcast. There you can subscribe to us. You can share us with your friends. And you can rate us. Five-star reviews are awesome, uh, but we understand criticism, so please be honest because uh, it makes... Us get better, and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, But if you subscribe to us, you will not miss a single episode, and uh, we know you don't want to miss an episode anyway. Um, You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, It's at Drew3927 uh peter
0: uh yeah uh you can find me popping in and out of the uh facebook page for the top five report or on twitter at ninja pierre and uh that's where i'll be exposing the truth that rob pattinson is going to be working at <laughs> toys r us instead of <laughs> playing batman
1: all right fantastic um all right so for the top five report uh we hope you guys have a fantastic holiday um enjoy the break enjoy the batman episode and we'll see you in two weeks uh i'm drew i'm